Glory to God. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Shore Foundation Church. I'm Pastor John. I'm so glad that you're with us this morning. There is a word from the Lord. I'm excited about what the spirit of the Lord is going to say to the church this morning. We're going to open up with the word of God. Hallelujah. And I'm going to turn over here to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 2. Luke's gospel in the New Testament and chapter 2. Begin reading here. King James Version. Luke chapter 2 verse 20. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb, my Lord. And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Verse 23 says, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Verse 25, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. Man, the word is so powerful. Now, we know in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Ghost hadn't officially come yet, but we already see twice in, the, in, Mark, in Luke's gospel that the Holy Ghost filled up John the Baptist from the womb. We know the Holy Ghost filled Jesus up, and the Bible says that the Holy Ghost filled this man, Simeon. He was just and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. Even though the Holy Ghost hadn't come in fullness, fullness yet, that wouldn't be until until you know, after the resurrection of Jesus and after his ascension to heaven over in the book of Acts. Verse 26 says, and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And 33 says, and Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary, his mother, behold, this child, is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was a one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was a great age, and she had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. She was a widow of about fourscore and four years. Wow which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she coming in, that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in, in Jerusalem. And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned unto Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And here we go, verse 40. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the fast of the Passover, and um, 
he was 12 years old and then went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. Now we fast forward 12 years old. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother didn't know about it. Verse 44 says, but they, supposing him to have been in the company somewhere, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. Anybody seen Jesus around? And when they had found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, son, why hast thou why doing us like this? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, how is it that you sought me? Wished you not that I must be about my father's business? I'm going to read verse 49 again. And he said unto them, how is it that you sought me? Wished you not that I must be about my father's business? Father, we thank you right now for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for the glory of your word. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are hovering over this word, that you are moving about the water, just like you were in the, in, in the beginning that we know in Genesis chapter one, the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I thank you that the spirit of God is hovering over the water of the word this morning. Lord, I thank you that you have made anything that is distracting. You have made it still. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord God, that anything crooked this me this morning, you've made it straight. Anything rough, you've made it smooth. I thank you, Lord God, that that your people would not be distracted in these next several minutes, Lord, as they listen live, as they listen through uh, podcast, through YouTube channel, through Facebook watch. We just thank you, Lord God, that your word will go forth unhindered and unchecked by any satanic or demonic force, so that your people can be blessed, so they can be inspired, so they can be edified, so they can be comforted, so they can be strengthened, so they can hear what thus says the spirit of the Lord to the church this morning. And Lord, I think that every hearer has an ear to hear what the spirit of God is saying to them individually, as well as to us corporately as the body of Christ. Lord, we know that these are the last of the last days. Lord, we know that the that the time is short. Lord, we know that the calendar is running thin. Lord, we know that we must work the works of him that called us while it is day because night is coming when no man can work. God, I thank you that you have called us all, that you have appointed us all under the sound of my voice and that we have all answered the call. Lord, that you have chosen us all and we choose to be chosen. And we give you praise and glory, Father God, that the word shall go forth. We thank you, Lord, that you are he that has delivered our souls from death and our ear and our eyes from tears and our feet from falling. And I thank you, spirit of truth, this morning that you would open up the wonders of your word and that you would speak expressly. And now, Lord, behold the threatenings of the enemy, but grant unto your servant that with all boldness, I will make known the mystery of the gospel, not by my own power, my own might, my own wisdom, but by the spirit of the Lord, that I will make known the mystery of the gospel as I stretch forth your hands to heal, as I lift up my voice that you would speak through me. And now, Lord, let signs and wonders follow the word preached in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that you're with us. Really excited about what the Spirit of God is going to say. We welcome you again to Shore Foundation Church. I'm Pastor John. You can find us online. At, sure, uh, at www.shorefoundationchurchnj.org. 
You can find us on Facebook and YouTube at Shore Foundation Church NJ. And you can find us on Instagram at Shore Foundation Church. Um, the Spirit of God, I believe there's a, a mighty word uh, to encourage you this morning. And I know it's it, it's not something I could conjure or inspire the Spirit of God. So I'm just really excited. We're going to go right to the Word of God this morning. I'm going to ask you to turn over here to Romans chapter 8. And the title of today's message, the title of today's message is um, Vessels of Honor. Hallelujah. I want to show, show you in the Word of God what God says about you. The Word of God has really clear and, and, um, and really distinct descriptions about who you are in Christ, about what God has called you to do, about the way God sees you. And we're going to talk this morning about what the Spirit of God says about you and I and how we are all vessels of honor. Glory to God. And, and I just got another scripture that, that popped into my mind by the Spirit of God. So we're going to go there first. And, um, and then we're going to go to Romans chapter 8. I want you to see this first. first. So in 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2, hallelujah, this is really good. Seven. It, it, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 7 says, unto you, unto you means you, that's listening, I can hear my voice, means me. Unto you, therefore, which believe he, that's talking about Jesus, is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. What this is saying is that, that the, the Spirit of God is talking to us directly, and he's talking to us who believe in Christ Jesus, and know that he is precious. You know, to us, the Lord is precious, but there are some that don't believe in the, in the Spirit of God. They don't believe the Word of God. They don't believe that the Word of God is God speaking to us. They don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he's the Word. And so for those individuals, the Word of God says here that, that the stone which the builders disallowed, he's the head of the corner. But in verse 8, he's a stone of stumbling. He's a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. We'll do more on that later. Here we go. Verse 9 says, talking about you, talking about me, it says, you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, you and I are many things. You are someone's son. You are someone's daughter. You are, you are the seed of some person. Uh, you, are a, a, you are a combination of many generations. You're that, but you're also, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're a person, you're, you're a country person. You know, if you are hearing this message and you are uh, from one of our countries on the continent of Africa, if you are in North America, you know, you're, you're an American, it, it, you know, you, you have your, your culture. There are a lot of different ways that we identify ourselves from our last name to even more broad in general. Our race, there's, uh, there's class, there's, there's age demographics. We are a lot of things, but if you move all of those things aside, the spirit of God is saying that you are a chosen generation. He chose you. So when you look at yourself in the mirror, don't just see yourself as a, a black American man, talking about myself, who, who, who originated from the continent of Africa. I'm not just that. I, I am that, but I'm not just that. 
because according to, to God's word, according to the word of him, of, of he who made everything, he says, I'm a chosen generation. He says, I have royalty and that I, and I, and that I am a priesthood. I'm a king and a priest. He says, I'm a royal priesthood. He says, I'm a holy nation. I'm a peculiar people. Wow, this word peculiar, now we're, now we're talking about we're talking about how we're all vessels of honor, but I just want you to see that the Spirit of God has said a lot about who you are. God has already identified you. He's already located you. He's already identified me, told me who I am. He's already located me. We can see it in the word. And, and, and as a result, God has called us to some things and he's called us to be his vessels of honor. But I want you to see this word peculiar, it's, a, it's the word uh, ice. That's E-I-S. Glory to God. And this is this word peculiar it means a, a special people it means it means a unique people it means a consecrated people it means there there's a lot of options here but this particular people this particular people is a favored people they've been set aside for a unique purpose you know that's what this word peculiar means it means a, a, a people with a unique purpose and what's that unique purpose? It tells us as we go on that you should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now we're, we're talking this morning about being vessels of honor. And I ask you to go to Romans chapter eight. We're gonna do that now. I got a lot of scriptures. Romans chapter eight, verse 28 says, verse, this is Romans eight twenty-eight says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Wow. Verse 29 says, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate, meaning the spirit of God knew you. He knew you before your mother was a seed in her mother's womb. He knew you before you were a thing. He knew you before you had a name. He knew you before you could speak. You know, he knew you before you were in your mother's womb. It says who he did foreknow, verse 29 of Romans 8, who he did foreknow, he also predestinated. Meaning not only did God already have your name, God already had your purpose outlined from start to finish. God already had the way that your brain works. He already had the blueprint of that. God already had your personality type, your personality style, the way you relate to other people. God already had that worked out. He already had that you know, constructed so that it couldn't be misconstrued. God already knew all of that. And God also purposed you to be conformed to the image of his son, according to verse 29, because his son is the firstborn among many brother, I mean, uh, excuse me, among many brethren. Verse 30 says, moreover, whom he did predestinate, then he also called, whom he, and those who he called, those he justified, those who he justified, he also glorified. So there's a lot, there's a lot here, but God, my point is that God is, God has made you and I, we are all vessels. We are all vessels of honor. And, and when we, what we see here in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 is that we are vessels of honor because God has a purpose for our lives. We've been called according to God's purpose. You don't believe me? 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9 says the same thing. It says, let me go back to verse, verse 7. It says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Verse 8 says, be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. And this is the Apostle Paul talking to his son in the faith, Timothy. He tells, tells Timothy, don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of this thing that you've been called to. 
in God. And then he said, and don't be ashamed of me, his prisoner. Or in other words, don't be ashamed of, of, the, of, of your mentor either. Because guess what? You are supposed to be a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, just like I am. Timothy, this is Apostle Paul talking. Then verse nine says, who has saved us and called us. Wow, hallelujah. You can say this in that order. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, not according to our plans, not according to the things that we just want to do in life, because this is what we wanted to. No, God has not called us according to our own works or our own plans or our own desires, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world even began. Now, if you don't think God has a purpose for you, we just saw two witnesses in the word that make it extremely clear that not only does God have a purpose for you, but that God's purpose is so wide, it is so deep, it is so complex, it is so expansive that the purpose was already outlined even before God made anything, even before you were made, even before your, your mother was made or your grandmother was made. God already had your name worked out. God already knew what your purpose was. God already had the way your brain was gonna work and your personality style ironed out. God already knew everything there was to know about you and God purposed you. And, and God purposed you because he called you. And verse nine says, God saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace. You know, if you think about that for a second, that is enough for you to be joyful. That is enough for you not to be sad today because God has a purpose for you. None of us are just floating around here in earth. We're not just floating around in life. That's the way we see ourselves, that we're just floating around in, our, in life without a purpose, without a plan, without some type of structure and some type of, of destiny and some type of, of, of destination that God has called us to, then of course, you're gonna be sad. Of course, you're gonna be disillusioned. Of course, you're gonna feel like you're off course certain days. And of course, you're gonna be subject to things that God has not intended you in life. I wanna tell you by the spirit of God that wherever you are right now, whatever state you live in, whatever your job is, whatever school you go to, whatever company you work at, God has a purpose for you right now. And God's purpose is being wrought in your life right now. And, and it, now it's possible that we're a little off course. We're gonna get into that later. That's possible, but God has a purpose for you right now. And that is to say that, that, if, that because God has a purpose, that means that you, you have an appointment right now to be where you are right now hearing this message. God intended it from the foundations of the world that on this day in 2022, that you were supposed to hear this message. And God knows that there is a certain minute that is approaching in your life. It could be next week, it could be next month, it could be tomorrow, it could be an hour from now that you have another appointment with some other individual that God wants you to either, God wants, wants you to either be the vessel that he uses in their life or God wants that person to be the vessel that he uses in your life. But regardless of who is being used, I want you to see this morning that we are all vessels. God desires to use us all as vessels, but not as vessels of dishonor. God desires to use us as vessels of honor. Why? Because we've been called according to his purpose. We saw it in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. All things work together for the good men that love God, who are called according to his purpose. And verse 29 says, 
He called us because he foreknew us. He knew us beforehand. He knew us before we, our parents got together, before their parents got together. God knew us because he is omniscient. He is omnipresent. He is, he is large and in charge. He is all, he is the almighty. He's the highest of the high. God knew us before he even created the heaven and the earth. God, God we, we, we were foreknown and we were also predestinated. And meaning that we, God has a plan for our life. Now, because in God and all of his providence, even though God has a plan, I'm gonna tell you this, God respects you so much that if you choose to go and about your own, your other, your own plan that you and that you want to do in your life, God respects that. If you want to go your own way, God respects that. But God has a plan for you. And God's plan is good. God's plan is glorious. Hallelujah. God's plan will bless you and not curse you. God's plan will, will cause you to have more than enough. And I'm not just talking about money. God's plan will cause you to be satisfied on the inside. God's plan will cause you to have peace. God's plan will allow you to walk in his righteousness. God's plan will give you confidence in your sonship, in your heirship that you have in almighty God, in our joint heirship that we have with Jesus, who is the word. God's plan, you know, when you get solidified in it and you know that you are a vessel of honor, God's plan will have you comfortable listening for the spirit of God, listening for his voice and watching on purpose for his guidance. You know, the Bible says, the Bible says they that are the sons and daughters of God, they are led by the spirit of God. There's a whole lot there that tells us that we are all God's creation, but we're not all God's sons and daughters. The ones that are God's family are the ones that allow God to lead them and they follow. We can all be creation, but we all are not following the spirit of God. If we all were following the spirit of God, then the Bible says that narrow is the path that leads to life, but it says broad and wide is the way that leads to destruction. If we were all following God, it wouldn't be a broad path to destruction, but we're not all seeking the Lord. We're not all following after God. We all have been created, but we're not all cho choosing to be chosen. We're, and, and, and regardless, God has predestinated us all. God foreknew us all. God has a plan for all of our lives, but God respects you enough to let you choose. God wants you to choose, and he's hoping that you'll choose life. That's what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 30. He says, choose life. He says, I set before you life and death, but please choose life, but it's your choice. Hallelujah. And God wants us to be vessels of honor. And, but we've been called according to his purpose. Now, I want, to, I want you to see this vessels of honor. So let's go to Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9, verse 17. Glory to God. Let me go back to verse 16. Romans chapter 9, verse 16 says, So then it is not of him that wills, nor of him that runs, but of God that shows mercy. For the scripture says unto Pharaoh, even for the same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore has he mercy on whom he will have mercy and whom he will harden it. That will say unto me, why does he yet find fault? For he hath resisted his will. No, but O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing form say to him that formed it? Why hast thou made me like this? Hast not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor. Hallelujah, glory to God. God wants you and I to be a vessel of honor, not a vessel of dishonor. Verse 22 says, what if God willing to show his wrath 
and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he has afore prepared unto glory. Hallelujah. Now I want you to, I want to tell you this by the Spirit of God. The Word of God is very clear that there is a book of life. You know, we see it in the book of Revelation, I believe. The lamb talks about the Lamb's book of life, meaning we know that God already knows who's going to say yes to Jesus and who's going to say, no, I want to do my own thing. God already knows. You know, and it's so, it's so funny because we think that we are saying, a lot of times when we say, we talk about saying yes to Jesus, we're talking about vessels of honor this morning. We talk about saying yes to Jesus. Sometimes we think to ourselves, if I'm not saying yes to Jesus, I'm siding with the devil. But most people don't consciously side with the devil. They just say, no, I want to do my own thing. But in, but in not siding with Jesus, we are siding with the enemy. When we do our own thing, we are siding with the enemy. Because the word of God says that Satan is the, is the deceiver. He is, the, he is jealous of mankind and our stature in God, the fact that we are the apples of, of God's eye, the fact we've been made and created in God's image and God's likeness, the fact that the Lord has, has given us dominion over the earth since the beginning, that the devil has a problem with that. And when we choose to not choose the Lord, when we don't choose life, we are choosing death. We are choosing the way of the enemy. But the devil will disguise it sometimes and say, it's not that you know. It's not that you don't want God. You just want to do your own thing. You just want to live a little bit. You're young. You just want to. And God is saying, you know, by not choosing me, by you're not choosing life. And you need life now, even while you're young. You need life, certainly as you get older. And you certainly want life when we cross over into the the world to come. There's a world that was. There's a world that is right now. But the Bible says there is a world that is to come. And we got to be prepared for that. So God wants us to all be vessels of honor, not, a ves not vessels of dishonor, like it says in verse 21, because God will make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy. But then there are also, there are another kind of vessel, there are vessels of wrath. And I want to define what is a vessel? What are we talking about here? We're talking about vessels of honor. What do we mean when we say a vessel, right? Because Pastor John, we have blood vessels, right? We all have blood vessels. So that's one type of vessel. But then Another type of vessel might be something like this, you know, another vessel. Here's another vessel. So these are, we have, we have a lot of different types of vessels. I'm going to define what a vessel is. So a vessel, by definition, if you look it up, the word vessel, it means something. It, it means a container, a hollow container. It means something that is used to hold something. Now, the first thing I think about when I think of a vessel is I think of something like this. You know, this is a, a water bottle. Uh, if you're listening and sending my voice, what I'm holding is a water bottle. It's a clear plastic bottle. It's clearly designed for fluid, right? I mean, I could put a solid something in here. I could put food in here, but this is clearly designed for water. Then I have this container here. What I'm holding now is, a, is, a, is a, one of those uh, coffee uh, thermoses. And this is clearly designed, this has a purpose. This can hold cold or hot liquids. This one right here, water bottle, this is only designed to hold uh, cold liquids. If I take either one of these vessels and I use them for something that they're not intended for, there's gonna be a problem either with the vessel or with the thing that the vessel is holding. Now we're preaching this morning already. We're talking about how the fact that God wants us to be vessels of honor. We're defining what is a vessel. 
We saw in the word of God that there are vessels of honor, vessels of dishonor, there are vessels of mercy, and there are vessels of wrath. You tell me what you think God wants you to be. I'll tell you, vessels of honor, God wants you to be a vessel of honor, God wants you to be a vessel of mercy. God does not want you to be a vessel of wrath. God does not want you to be a vessel of dishonor. That being said, we have all had times in our lives where God has used us mightily and we were a blessing to somebody. And we've also had times because we are not perfect, we, because we have sinned, because the, the word of God says all have sinned and come short. We've also had times where the enemy was able to use us in, in a way that hurt somebody or in a way that just didn't do somebody good or, or in a way that was hopefully, this is not the case, but it's possible that the, that the enemy has used us in a moment of disobedience to crush somebody, you know, to do somebody harm. But God's desire is that we be vessels of honor, not vessels of dishonor and not vessels of wrath. God wants us to be vessels of honor and vessels of mercy. We're defining the word vessel. A vessel is a hollow container. It's hollow enough for you to put something in it, right? Um, as most vessels, when we think about a vessel, we think about something that's used to hold liquid, but there are other vessels too, like bowls or a cask, all right? There are, another definition for vessel is a ship or a large boat. But when you think of a vessel, I want you to think of something that is designed with a purpose. We're talking about purpose already. We've been predestinated according to God's purpose. Every one of us, we've been called according to God's purpose. A vessel is something that carries something else. And, that, and so as a result, that vessel has been made with a purpose. This vessel is clearly made to hold cold liquids. But now if I, if I use this vessel outside of the way it's been designed and constructed, it's possible for whatever is the vessel is holding to be contaminated in some kind of way, or the vessel itself, something can happen to the vessel. Meaning if I put scalding hot water in this, I'm not sure what'll happen. It's possible that it might penetrate the bottom of this vessel and make it melt because it's not designed for that. You know, if I take some, this vessel right here, this vessel is designed to hold, to, to hold uh, really hot liquids. If I take this vessel and I put this in a freezer, that could influence this vessel. If I put this in the dishwasher, that could hurt this vessel. This vessel is okay going to dishwasher, but not this one. My point is that vessels are very unique and vessels are created with a certain purpose and vessels are designed to carry a certain kind of thing. I came to tell you by the spirit of God that you are a vessel and that you carry God's presence. You carry God's anointing. You carry God's glory. And God made you on purpose the way your personality is, the way you relate to other people, the way you see the world, the way you interact with people, God made you like that on purpose. Some of you understand my voice, you're very sensitive, very sensitive to other people. God made you that way. God designed you that way because that was that's the way God intended you to move in the earth and that's the way God intends to use you in the earth. If you are sensitive to people, then that means that God designs you to be sensitive enough to allow the spirit of God to work through you to make an impact on other people's life. If you are a sensitive person, that means that your senses are heightened. And if there's a, anytime there's a person that has heightened senses, that means that that's a person that God can use in their, through their sentence to, 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 be, to, to cause other people to sense the presence of God. My point is that we are all vessels and vessels are carrying something. Vessels are storing something. Our blood vessels, they store blood. They carry blood all throughout our body, from our brain 
to our nervous system, to our limbs, to our organs inside, those blood vessels are extremely important. Without those blood vessels, our blood can't get to where it needs to go. And, the, and we know even the Bible says, you know, the, the, the word of God works right along with science. The Bible says that the life of the flesh is in the blood. There is no person on this earth that is alive and breathing that doesn't have blood running through their veins. And that blood is moving. That blood is like a, there's a constant current. There's activity going with that blood. But, those, but that blood can't move unless there are vessels. And that's what you and I are. You and I are vessels. God desires to use us as vessels of honor. Now, I want to show you another scripture. First Thessalonians chapter four, verse one. It says, furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us, how you ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more. For you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus Christ. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. Verse four says, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. This is so powerful. Verse, verse four says that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. I know what you're thinking, Pastor John, when it says his vessel, is it saying that it's my vessel or it's God's? That's a good question. I'm not sure, but we know that that, that this vessel that God has given us, it belongs to him first. So yes, this is my body, but yes, this is God's body. And the word of God says in verse four, that we should know how to possess this vessel, this, this carrier. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Our lives are God's vessel of sanctification and honor. Our lives are like a ship, a large boat, a hollow container, that is used to hold something. I don't know what you're holding in your vessel. I don't know exactly what it is, but I know it's by the spirit of God. It's the, it's, I know it's the presence of God in some kind of way. Now, it might not look like my presence of God. It might not look like my personality. It might not look the way, might not look like the way I relate, but however God designed your vessel is designed that way on purpose because God created you for a purpose. There is a people that God has called you to. There is a certain influence that God has called you to have. And, and watch this. If you understand on my voice, you're already having that influence. I hope it's the way God intended. I hope it's not a vessel of dishonor. I hope it's a vessel of honor, but you're already having that influence because you are around someone. You are impacting someone. You are leaving an imprint on someone. Uh, whether you are a student in school, whether you work at a large corporation, even if you are working from home, you are impacting someone some kind of way through social media, by picking up the mail, by having a chat with a neighbor, by getting gas at the gas station, you are impacting someone. You are a vessel. You are carrying something. Now, hallelujah. Somebody say glory to God to that. Because if you think that God doesn't have a purpose for your life, do you realize every time you interact with someone, Watch this, even if you're not interacting with a person, every time you touch something, you're leaving an imprint. And God's desire, because his desire is that you be a vessel of honor, his desire is that you leave an impact that glorifies him. So if you don't see anybody, if you don't interact with anyone, which is hard to do in 2022, but if you don't interact with anyone at all tomorrow or for the rest of the day today, you are still a vessel carrying the presence of God because you are still touching something. You're touching your, your home, you're touching your kitchen, you're touching dishes, you're touching 
the, the grass outside or you're, you're touching a pet or you're, you're touching something that gives you an opportunity to leave an impact, to leave an imprint. And God wants it to be his glory. He wants it to be his presence. You and I are vessels of, 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 of the anointing. We are vessels of God's presence, of God's glory, of God's goodness, of God's grace. That, that's, that's, that's the way God called us to be. We are hollow containers, right? Now, I know in the world, sometimes it's not a good thing to be told that you are being used, right? But I want to tell you by the spirit of God, when it comes to the to, to vessels of righteousness, it, it's a good thing for God to, to use you. That's a, that's a wonderful thing. The, 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 uh, David, in Psalm chapter 27, he said, one thing have I desired, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple, where in the time of trouble shall he hide me. He said all of those things. But what David was saying was that one, this, I desire that God use me. I desire to be a vessel. I desire for me to be a, a utensil, so to speak, of God's goodness and God's grace. That's another meaning for the word vessel. A, a meaning for the word vessel is a household utensil. Whatever kind of utensil it is. Uh, a utensil could be a tray. A, a utensil in, of home could be a fork. It could be a spoon. It could be a knife. But whatever that utensil is, it's designed for a certain purpose, meaning a, a knife and a fork, they don't look the same and we don't use them the same. They both have a, a unique purpose and they both have been designed for that particular purpose. You've been designed for a specific purpose and, God, and, and, and God's desire is for you to be aware of it and for you to yield to him so you can be a vessel of honor. So you can be a vessel of mercy, not a vessel of dishonor, not a vessel of wrath, like we saw in Romans chapter nine. Now I got to close. I want to give you three quick points about being a vessel and what it means according to the scripture. So here we go. Here's the first point. To be a vessel means that God desires to use you. God desires to use me as a reconciler. We are, a, we are vessels of reconciliation. That's according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. In verse 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Verse 18, and all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. But he also gave us the ministry of reconciliation to bring other people to Christ Jesus. Verse 19 says, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. The, 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 my first point with regard to vessels and you being a vessel is that you are a vessel of reconciliation. What does reconciliation mean, Pastor John? Reconciliation means restoration of relationship. It means restored peace between someone who was alienated from someone else. In this case, it would mean that we are reconcilers of, of, of people who don't know God, who are estranged from God, who are alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of blindness of their heart, according to the word of God. Our job is to reconcile them and bring them back to the Father. That's the primary way that God uses us as vessels, as vessels and reconcilers. And, and, and again, we see it here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 19. But then the word of God says in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, I got to hurry up for time's sake. The Apostle Paul is calling himself a prisoner of the Lord, but he says in verse one, 
that we are supposed to walk worthy of this folk. This is a vocation. This is a meaning. This is a job for you to be a vessel of honor. God considers that a job. And uh, the apostles Paul says here in Ephesians chapter four, verse one, by the Holy Ghost, that we're supposed to walk worthy of this vocation because it's a calling. This word vocation is the Greek word klesis or klesis, and it means it's a calling, but it also means it's an invitation, meaning it's a calling and it's a mandate, but it's, a, it's but you have an option to respond to this mandate, this mandated calling. Hallelujah. This, this divine invitation to embrace God's purpose and plan, you, it's your option. God is hoping that you'll choose it. But the word of God says to walk worthy of this vocation. Part of us walking worthy of this vocation, recognizing that we are, we are vessels of reconciliation. The way it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is that we are ministers of reconciliation. Hallelujah, but that's a vessel, right? Then here's the second point. We are vessels, meaning we are also representatives of God. We are ambassadors for Christ. We go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and closing. Verse 20 says, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in God's stead, be reconciled to God, for he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We are ambassadors, is my point. And that word ambassador means that you are a representative. You are a diplomat. You are a holy diplomat in the earth. That's part of your being a vessel is you being an ambassador for God. You are a representative of the presence of God, meaning Every time you show up at school, every time you show up at work, every time you show up in the supermarket, every time you, you walk into a building, the spirit of God is there when you get there. I'm going to say that one more time. You are an ambassador for Christ, meaning when you show up, God shows up. Hallelujah. So you should be, you should be bold. When you go in the way, the word of God says, he will lead you. When you sleep, he will keep you. As soon as you wake up, he will talk with you because you are, an, you are an ambassador. That's part of you being a vessel of honor is we get to represent almighty God wherever we go and whatever we do, whatever we're doing. So we got to make sure we are about the father's business. Glory to God. And then here's my last point. As a vessel of honor, God has called you to be an intercessor. Hallelujah. We're not only ambassadors. We're not only reconcilers that bring people back to God, we're not only ambassadors that represent God, we are also intercessors. Hallelujah. Have you ever been as a child or even as an adult, have you ever felt like you were being attacked by someone and you were overwhelmed to where you couldn't defend yourself like you wanted to, even if you weren't afraid, you couldn't defend yourself. And, 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 all, and But all of a sudden, somebody come out of nowhere and they step in on your behalf and they defend you without you even asking, without you even contributing. They step in and they defend you. What a blessing that is. Well, that's part of what we're supposed to be as vessels of honor. We're supposed to be intercessors. And we see that in the word of God in Ezekiel chapter 22, verses 27 through 30, basically talks about how all these things are going on in the earth that God is not pleased with. For princes in the midst thereof are like wolves ravening the prey to shed blood, destroy souls, to get the sign of gain. It goes on. The people of the land have have, have used oppression, exercised robbery. They have vexed the poor and the needy. All these things are going on that God does not like. Verse 30 says, and I sought for a man or a woman or a person among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. And look what God says, but I couldn't find one. 
Oh my God, God is looking for a vessel. Part of you being a vessel is God wants you to be an interceder. He wants you to be the one that steps in on somebody's behalf in prayer, financially, in love, in emotional support, and just, just being there for somebody but also in you fulfilling your purpose. You fulfilling your purpose is allowing you to intercede in people's lives and to make up the hedge and to stand in the gap. The word of God in the New Testament says it this way, that God desires that, that we be used to fill up that which is lacking. Hallelujah. God has called us not only to be reconcilers, not only to be ambassadors, but God has called us to be intercessors. I'm gonna give you one more verse for that. Isaiah 59 and verse 16. And the powerful thing about being an intercessor vessel is that God, you don't have to look for God. God's looking for you. That's one of the only times in the word where we see that God is distinctly on purpose looking for certain people. And you want to be looked, you want to be looked for by God. Verse 16 of Isaiah 59 says, and he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him and his righteousness, it sustained him. God's desire is for us to be intercessors. And I'm, I'm gonna tell you, just based on these two scriptures, these two witnesses in the word, we can see that God, the father, maybe has an employee problem in the area of intercessors. God needs more. God wants you and I to be those vessels. He wants us to be the vessel of honor, sanctified and fit for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. God wants us to be the vessel that, can reconcile and bring people back to him. God wants us to be the vessel that are ambassadors, that we represent the, the spirit of God. And God wants us to be that vessel that are intercessors, that we stand in the gap, that we make up the hedge, that, we, that, we, that when something is lacking, we fill it up, that we step in and we help somebody who is down, somebody who's being assaulted by the enemy. God has called us. That's part of our purpose, that he predestinated us before the world was made, before you even had a name. Before your, your parents even got together, God has already predestinated you for his goodwill. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And we read in the opening verses in Luke chapter 2, we saw that Jesus was in the temple. His parents couldn't find him. They didn't know where he was. And the first thing he said to them was, why are y'all looking for me? You don't have to look for me. I'm not lost. Because we're never lost if we are about the Father's business. Jesus said, how is it that you sought me? I'm not lost. I was never lost these three days. I'm, I'm on the contrary. I am found. I am right where I'm supposed to be because I'm about my father's business. The father's business is that we be vessels of honor, that we be sanctified and ready for his use, prepared to every good work. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you feel lost right now, it's probably because you are not in your purpose. You are not, if you, it's because if you're lost right now, it's because God made you a fork and you've been acting like a spoon. If you're lost right now, it's because God made you a water bottle and you've been letting people pour hot liquids in you ever since when, whenever. And now you're waning. The, the inner walls are not right and the lid won't close tight. And, you're not, and now it's leaking from, because you're outside of your purpose. God wants to, you to stay in your lane. God wants you to allow him by his word and by his spirit to identify exactly who you are, exactly what the way God made you. He doesn't want the he doesn't want you to let the enemy pervert the way God made you. He doesn't want the, the, you to let the devil tell you that you are a knife when God made you a spatula. 
God wants you to be who God called, who he called you to be. If you're a spatula, God made you soft on purpose. God needs you to make things smooth in your area, in the area of your life. If you're a knife, God made you like that on purpose. There are some things that need to be cut up. There are some people that God may need you to step in and be that intercessor and cut those things up. But however God made you, he predestinated you and fashioned you and shaped you and, and targeted you and made you just like that so you could be a vessel of honor fit for his use, prepared unto every good work so that you can reconcile, so that you can be his ambassador and so that you can intercede. We're going to pray right now. Father, we thank you right now for your word. Lord, let your people be encouraged this morning in our purpose. Lord, let us let us discern that, that this mighty purpose, this mighty call, the fact that we are your vessels of honor, Lord, let us discern that this is not about us, that this is about somebody else. Lord, help us to be a blessing. Lord, you have blessed us that we might be a blessing in the earth. We give you glory, Father God that we are excited about you using us. Lord, sometimes we don't like when, when, when other people use us, but Lord, we love when you use us. Lord, help us to have the hearts of, of servitude, just like Jesus, who laid down his life for us. Lord, in that sense, it's okay if anybody uses us because we are just like Jesus. We are ready to lay down our lives to be a blessing to help somebody else. Hallelujah.